am Tony Ames, governor of Dessex. State your business here. <clears throat> I am here to relieve you of your title, Mistress Ames, by order of the Galactic Empire. As I have told your government, Dessex does not fall under Imperial jurisdiction. Take your forces and leave peacefully. Well, your request has been received, reviewed, and, as you can see, rejected. How disappointing. I have a message for your empire. Bucketheads, Mayvar Tigar, welcome to the 186th Blasting Down the Barrel of a Tank episode of Mandavision, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is, of course, on social media. We are at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email this show, MandavisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you are liking, subscribing, sharing, and following the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. How is everyone doing? We are in the thick of it <laughs> with season two of the Bad Batch. And we're still at the beginning. And I'm telling you a story of the thick of it because this episode is something else. Uh, this one is is just racked with intensity, racked with purpose and meaning. Uh, it, so many things to uh, contemplate. Much like Crosshair himself, we have to ponder the state of the galaxy uh, while he ponders his place in it. And... and I was really, really, really blown away with this episode of the show. Um, you know, we mentioned how last week in, the, in our two-part premiere episode, Crosshair, nowhere to be found, uh, had a suspicion that we'd be catching up with him in this ep- week's episode. And, and that's exactly what we do. We focus singularly, singularly, singularly <laughs> on Crosshair and, and kind of catch up with him from where we left him last, you know, on that platform on Topaka City. Uh, and just what's been going on with him. Still an outcast, still uh, uh, serving the Empire, but not appreciated for his efforts. And, and again, I think he sees the writing on the wall for the place of the clones moving forward. And just because he may be a good soldier doesn't mean he has a place with the Empire, necessarily. And he's wrestling with all these things as he is chosen for a mission. Um, let's go ahead and get... You know, I feel like we just need to dive into the episode. So let's go ahead and get some of the some of the episode details out of the way for this one 
let's talk about our specifics. All right, this is season two, episode three of Star Wars: The Bad Batch, the solitary clone, and. I think we start off this episode, this episode, the title very much refers to Crosshair, uh, but I think by the end of this episode, we're also wrapping another clone member that we'll talk about uh, as we dive into the episode more fully, who could also be considered a solitary clone in, in one sense. Uh, as the clones, the, again, this, this, this group of, of brothers, for, for, you know, probably the most accurate description we can come up with for the clones themselves, like they are a brotherhood, right? Um, but they are being systematically phased out of the Empire, and they're they're being called to question um, just what exactly is this empire compared to what they did serving the republic, and when what is their role in it as as they're watching themselves sort of be forcibly retired from the field. Um, so that's our title, and I think like I said, it's one of these ones where I think you can take some some extra meaning from it by the end of the episode. Uh, this episode is written by Amanda uh, Rose Munoz Munoz, excuse me. Uh, Again, this is a fantastic script. This is a fantastic episode. So uh, kudos to Amanda Rose Munoz. Fantastic job. Directed by Sal Ruiz, who you know, who's done some great work on The Bad Batch, back into The Clone Wars, all that good stuff. Our plot this week, clone. Clones battle against a separatist holdout. Sounds like an episode of The Clone Wars, doesn't it? Well, we're, t- we're going to talk about that here in a, in a moment, all right? Our cast this week, Dee Bradley Baker, once again, as Crosshair, as Commander Cody, and some of the other clones that we hear in this episode. Uh, Tasha Valenza is Tony Ames. Nashir Dalal is Vice Emma Rampart. Shelby Young is the tactical droid and the PA announcer. And Max Middleman is Governor, Governor Groton. Uh, this episode, again, it's sort of a, a throwback, right? We're sort of seeing the fallout of the end of the Clone Wars and what happens to these, these separatists, uh, separatist worlds that had that had allied against the Republic. And now there's a there's a a, a tyrannical empire in, in the place of the Republic. And and they they are in a worse situation than they were beforehand dealing with the corrupt republic. Uh, so we're we're still dealing seeing that fallout. You know, last week we, we caught up with with Cerno and its position. Now that Count Dooku was dead, that the separatists had fallen. Uh, and now we catch up with another world, Desix, which is is a separatist world, and that that's holding out, trying to claim its independence. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side of the bump. So let's go ahead and do that right now. You know what that means. It is time, my friends. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. CT-9904. Congratulations, you've been medically cleared for active duty. Remind me, how long were you left stranded on that Kaminoan platform before being recovered? 32 rotations. Hmm. All that time. Left for dead, and yet you still came back. <laughs> Why? I'm a soldier of the Empire. I see. Your loyalty and determination are commendable. Which is why I have a mission for you on the planet Desix. As far as Separatist worlds are concerned, it's rather remote. I normally wouldn't pay it any mind, but an issue has arisen. What are my orders? The newly appointed Imperial Governor has been taken hostage by insurgents, demanding Desix be recognized as an independent planet. <laughs> but... We do not negotiate. You're being sent in under the guise of discussing a diplomatic resolution. Once you arrive, do whatever is necessary to secure the city and ensure Governor Groton's release. What squad will I be leading? <laughs> You're not ready to play commander again. 
Oh, that Vice Admiral Rampart. So squirrely, so dodgy. Doesn't like the clones at all, does he? Uh, one, of, one of the elements of this episode that I think you will have noted, particularly in that exchange between Rampart and Crosshair, is the scoring on this episode uh, is, in my, to my recollection, extremely unique in, in, in the Bad Batch playing, right? Like, you know, we're used to Kevin Kiner scoring great episodes of the show, uh, sometimes the music is more uh, emphatic, more dramatically involved, underscores a lot of the drama, dramatic elements of the story that they're telling here. Uh, but this one, it, it almost changes the score up in, in a very different sense. Like It, it doesn't have that sort of uh, uh, John Williams feel, that Star Wars feel to it. To me, this this episode's score almost has um, like a Blade Runner-esque um, future noir-type feel to it it's 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 very um i don't know elemental in a sense and and i i really connected it with this episode of the show and sort of the turmoil that uh crosshair is is finding himself in this is this sort of struggle of finding his place in the empire now and for crosshair he internalizes internalizes a lot of that struggle it's not as overt as it is with some of the other clones we've had, that we've seen struggling to figure out where they fit into the new empire. Um, but the score, as you, like I said, as, as you watch this episode, uh, uh, pay attention to that score. It, it is very different than the, the vast majority of, of Star Wars animated episodes you know, in the last decade. Uh, it, it's very unique, and I, I think uh, uh, just, just does a great job of, of sort of affecting emotion in this episode of the show. Really good stuff. Uh, so Rampart's going to dispatch Crosshair to Desix to deal with the governor's abduction, kidnapping, the ransom demands, whatever you whatever you want to say. Uh, and and again, as Rampart says, there he's not there to negotiate. This is not they may be being sent there under the guise of negotiation, but there will be no negotiation. So they are there to take the governor back and to end this insurrection as they see it. Um, as we, as we talked about in the op- from from the op- as we listened to excuse me in the opening of the episode, uh, Tawny Ames is a character who, much like the counterpart she references later in this episode, she worked with uh, with excuse me with, with Mina Bonteri right. We know Mina Bonteri uh, from she was the ambassador from Odoron. She attempted to sue for peace with the Republic during the Clone Wars. She was at the Separatists. Tawny Ames with the Separatists. Like, these were the Separatists who believed what they were doing was the best thing for their planets. It wasn't about the political gamesmanship that, that Palpatine was playing, right? The, the maneuvering of pieces on the chessboard to get what he wanted, which was the ultimate power, to bring uh, the Republic to its knees and put him in control of it. No, the, he, Palpatine took advantage of planets that craved independence, that wanted to break away from the Republic for a variety of reasons, whether it was, whether it was taxation... Uh, uh, the the uh, mineral resource uh, uh, stripping. All, all these planets had reasons. There were planets in the Separatist Alliance that had valid reasons for wanting to break away from the Republic. It wasn't necessarily about going to war with the Republic. It wasn't about these things. They were doing what was be- what they thought was best thing for their worlds, right? And Tony Ames is one of these people for Desix, right? Believed that the corruption of the Republic was bad for Desix, that their resources were being exploited, their people were being exploited, and getting away from the Republic was going to be the best thing for their people. Uh, so so Desix sort of gets swept up into the Separatist movement, and as we are seeing now, if you allied with the Separatists in any way, whether your intention was noble or not, uh, you are being 
severely punished for being uh, what what uh, Crosshair likes to call a, a deserting clones, traitors. And she's not upset about that. She's willing to fight for the independence of her of her world, but the Empire will not let that go. They are there. They're dispatching a new governor to oversee um, the collection of resources from that world, and she puts up a fight. Um, that puts us into, into Crosshair's situation. Now back, we hear he's been on was on that platform in Topaka City for quite a while before rescue by Imperials, uh, and now he's going to have his first mission back. And again, he finds himself even more of an outcast for... Um, he was always an outcast, and now he seems even more of an outcast, right? Even when it was the Republic, when it was the Empire, that part of his life has not changed very much. Uh, but he's about to have a, a, a reunion with an old friend, and an old friend of a certain Jedi general that we all love so, so much. And I, w- I won't lie, I was, I was just delighted to see the return of this character and to sort of see what this character's gone through since Order 66 was, was executed in Episode 3 in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, so let's go ahead and catch up with our good former friend, <laughs> Commander Cody, uh, as he meets up with Crosshair, and they, they get into some discussions. And again, there's a lot in this conversation. Check it out. It's been a while. Good to see you. Commander Cody, I didn't recognize you. Yeah, a lot's changed, as you well know. When I heard you were cleared for duty, I requested you specifically. You're lucky I was available. (laughs) Word is, the rest of Clone Force 99 went rogue after Order 66 came through. Surprised? Not really. Your squad was different by design. Wrecks have gone AWOL, too. So I've heard. Rumors are more and more clones have been questioning the Order. Then they are traitors. Like the Jedi. Well, good soldiers follow orders. So the look that crosses Cody's face as... Crosshair says that line about the Jedi. Uh, you have to wonder. It, it, to me, it, 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 it implies that Cody is one of the people questioning the Order of 66. Um, because, again, if, as you've watched throughout Star Wars The Clone Wars, you know, watching Revenge of the, Revenge of the Sith even, uh, Kenobi, Kenobi had a good relationship with Cody, it seemed. Uh, then the Order comes through, and... And the, the the clones, good soldiers follow orders, right? And it seems that Cody might be one of the ones questioning the uh, the, the decision to, to to follow order order sixty six. Now, as we also know, a lot of the clones had that chip installed in their brains, and they were going to follow it no matter what, anyways. But in the aftermath, you know, they're probably sort of wondering, like, why did we follow order sixty six? Why was it such a uh, complete and thorough, like, yeah, let's shoot the Jedi now, <laughs> kind of kind of moment for them. Um, and again, that again, just the mention of the, of the Jedi and sort of the change on Cody's face, I think, is very, very powerful. And I think Crosshair knows exactly what he's doing and what he's saying because he probably is well aware that um, Cody and, and Kenobi had a bit of a relationship, right? Like they were, they had a, a sort of a 
I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to say they were close by any means, but they had a good working relationship, right? Like it's a good. That's a good coworker you got there, and you hate to see your coworker leave because you know the next coworker is probably going to come in and be a turd, and <laughs> maybe that's what Cody's realizing. Like his next Cody's next coworker is just a real turd compared to Kenobi, so <laughs> that's not going to work out for him. But it's time to go to Desix, and this is when the action really kicks off for the episode. And this is a really strong action-based episode of the show. Uh, we talked about it back in season one, but a nice little refresher here. Uh, when this episode opens, when Governor Groton arrives on, on the transport, uh, he is flanked by his stormtroopers. It is important to remember that these stormtroopers are A, the visual design by Ralph McQuarrie back in like 1976 or whatever, when he was initially doing the designs for Lucas for the first Star Wars movie. That is sort of like the prototype design of the stormtroopers, right? Like that was what they were working on when they started putting together the costumes and coming up with the, with what would be the final designs that would make it into the movies. So those stormtrooper designs are now being used for the conscripts, right? The, the, the first wave of conscripted stormtroopers for the Empire, right? They're not even called stormtroopers yet. They're just the, the, you know, the Imperial Army at this point. I don't even think they've used the word stormtroopers just yet at this point. Uh, I'll have to fact check that. But that is a distinguishing feature between them and the clones. The clones still have the armor that you're very familiar with. It's a little evocative of Mandalorians with the, with the sort of the T-bar visors. Uh, that's where our, sort of our distinguishing characters has come in. So as we get further and further into this season of the, of the Clone Wars, I'm sorry, of the Bad Batch, I suspect we're going to start seeing that divide between the clones and the conscripted troopers a little bit more regularly. So yeah, remember, our, our clones are going to have that T-bar Mandalorian-esque visor. And the conscripted are going to have like that very classic, very clean Ralph McQuarrie design. Um, that is just, it just, I'm just so delighted to see it being brought to life. I'm sure I brought, I brought, mentioned that back in season one, but uh, I feel just as good about it here in season two. Seeing it again, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot they were doing that, and then uh, just, just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So the episode take our again, our action now takes place on Desix. They're under the guise. They're coming to Desix. You know, with the with the claim that they're there to negotiate, but um, our our leader Tawny Ames is is well aware that they're not coming to negotiate. So, with the use of her battle droid, that of her battle droid army at her dispense, at, at, at her control, I should say, um, she shoots down their ship. Now, it's very cool to note that that like we said, this episode has a very Clone Wars esque feel to it because this is clone troopers versus battle droids once again, just in a very very different setting in a, in a post Republic setting. But Desix is is being defended by B one battle droids, by BX series commando droids, by droidicas, a lot of familiar imagery from the Clone Wars era present on Desix and being used to defend it from the Empire. So there's something very interesting about that whole process that they would be doing that um that they would be using b1 battle droids against the empire much like you use them against the the uh republic back in the day so very unique very interesting uh, way to kind of kick off this confrontation so it's 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 old but new again <laughs> right like we've seen this before but not in quite in this this political climate right with the empire now calling the shots here so yes very action-oriented episode yeah, and and we really get things kicked off in a, in a big bad way. You know, once their sh- once their transport is shot down, the the clones go to work. Cody and the surviving uh, troopers go to work against the droid forces. A tank gets deployed, and, and, and Crosshair really shows what he's all about. Is he's under like pretty heavy fire from that tank, but he's waiting. He's baiting that that tank to be in the right position. He's taking shots 
critical shots when he can to, to get it to do what he wants it to do. So ultimately, he gets the shot that he wants, which is looking straight down the barrel of that tank where he unloads his rifle and, and just blows the holy heck out of that tank. It's a really pretty epic moment for Crosshair. As, again, this is a character who, you know, in season one, we were, we were very much who's very much portrayed as the, as the enemy, right? Like, as the bad guy, working for the Empire, hunting his brothers. And and I, I think we have to sort of begin a bit of the redemption arc for Crosshair as, as he's kind of coming to understand what the Empire is really all about and how it's different than the Republic. So why not kick off this redemption arc with possibly one of the most kick-butt <laughs> ways to take out, a t- take out a tank that we've seen thus far in, in animated Star Wars, and uh, that shot straight down the barrel of the tank, Darren, uh, uh, just awesome, awesome way to take that, take that tank out, just just right down its uh, gullet, if you will. Uh, wonderful way to kick that off. Now, a couple things happen between the two big set pieces for the episode, um, which is is <laughs> with Tony Ames uh, directing her tactical droid. Giving an instruction, telling it what she wants to have happen here, and the tactical are going about that. We get little shots and glimpses of uh, Governor Groton and, and, and just kind of glimpsing the sort of like petty bureaucrat that we all take him to be. That's all kind of confirmed in there. Uh, and then is also the clones moving through uh, that that I don't want to call it a town, right? Because it's, it's sort of like a town within like this this pass this kind of castle palace structure. It's a very unique, interesting setup, but you know, there's a lot of people, citizens, innocent bystanders, uh, walled up in in within this sort of like walled town, walled palace, whatever you want to consider it to be. Uh, and the clones, you know, we've seen it before in in other, in other episodes, but I think uh, for Cody in particular, this time around, um, you know, the the empire, it's not quite, it's only beginning to sink in for Cody that the empire is viewed as as aggressors. In this, in this case, you know, I mean, he's been on planets that were part of the Separatist Alliance before and been engaged in war. And it was, I think it was different for him. I think he was more resolved in his belief that the Republic was doing right. They were, that they were the good guys in the conflict. Uh, and even, you know, and, and Cody would do his best, as much like many of the other clones, to keep innocent bystanders away from that. And when he tries to engage with, with uh, this mother and her, and her child, uh, sort of like the fear across their faces with him there in their presence. I, I think that is another element of, of Cody sort of becoming the, the, the solitary clone in, in a sense. Uh, because, again, this is just more of him beginning to, to realize that the Republic and the Empire are very, very different animals. And maybe this time around... He's not on the right side, and I think these are the things that causes him to question a lot of it. Uh, you know, just like he was saying before, he's like, rumor is that other clones are deserting too, and that's that's to me that's a very um, delicate way of saying you know <laughs> what clones are leaving and why they're leaving, and and you're you know having a bit of a discussion within yourself about if you'll be joining them next, and and his interactions with these with the people in, in on Desix. Uh, definitely seems to be pushing him in that direction. I, I, I think the next, obviously, the big moment comes at the climax of the episode, and we will get to that shortly. Uh, but we go now to our next big action moment, which is the the scaling of the tower here. Now, we, we got the, the great 
opening uh, gambit against those commando droids that are now back at action. They're doing a good number against the clones that are they're making their way up the tower. Uh, and we find ourselves uh, down to Cody and Crosshair. And they're waking, working their way up the tower. Com commando drones closing in. They're trying to get there to take out the tactical droid to reach Governor Groton, to reach uh, Tawny Ames. And, and to complete their objective here. Uh, and again, this is another moment where Crosshair gets to kind of stand out by doing like just really cool Crosshair things uh, with those cool mirror discs of his, using those to take shots at you know impossible angles by bouncing his, his blaster bolts off those mirror discs and eliminating enemies in that sense. Uh, and it's, it's really cool. It's, it's really well done, really well executed. Seeing that higher skill level that Crosshair has uh, just, just really, really great stuff, and and a really cool moment for for Cody too with his vibro blade going into the head of, of a commando droid. Uh, a great moment for him as well. Uh, so they they scale the tower. They've killed the tactical droid, and now it comes down to to Tony Ames holding Governor Groton as a hostage, and it, get into a dialogue here with Commander Cody. Crosshair ready to go. Wants to complete the mission. He knows what he's on task to do. Uh, Ram Vice Admiral Rampart gave him his orders, uh, and that was to eliminate the insurgency, right? And cut it, cut its head off right here. Cody probably given the same instruction, but Cody goes about his business in a very, very different fashion. Cody's going about his business as he would have as a as a trooper in the Army of the Grand Republic. And uh, I'm sorry, the Grand Army of the Republic. I knew I had mixed my words up there. Uh, but the, the, he takes on you know it's negotiation. It, it's 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 making uh, an effort to, to solve things diplomatically, peacefully, without having the loss of life. And, and it's a really interesting engagement between Tony Ames and Cody as they negotiate. It runs a bit long, but I'm going to try and let it go as long as I can here, uh, because I think there's some interesting things in, in this conversation. We were defending ourselves from a hostile occupation. Your forces are the only threat to my people. We are not the enemy. The Empire seeks to establish peace and order throughout the galaxy. Peace? There was a time I believed in that. So much so my colleague Mina Monteri and I put forth a treaty with separatists and Republic senators alike to end the war. Your Supreme Chancellor rejected it. I realized then, peace was never an option. Okay, I'll pause it right there because the the treaty that we talked that she mentions there that was in Star Wars: The Clone Wars, that was chronicled. I believe that was in season two, the Heroes on Both Sides episode when we were first introduced to Mina Monteri, her suing for peace with, through diplomatic channels, with with Padme on the side of the Republic and, and trying to make these things happen. And through the course of a couple of different episodes, you see how that's all going to fall apart. But that's what she's referencing here too. Like we're talking about things that we've seen in Star Wars: The Clone Wars. If you're new to the Bad Batch. These things have occurred. You can go watch them and check them out. And it's it's kind of cool that they're they're referencing things that that here on this podcast we talked about just a couple of years ago. Uh, kind of a fun way to tie it back together. Let's hear the rest of the talk. Cody still has his arms drawn, helmet on, crosshair ready to go as well. And and you, you know Cody trying to convince them, trying to convince Tony Ames that they're not the enemy, that they're not the bad guys in this equation. He's signaling Crosshair to lower his guns. Now he's taking his helmet off. It's an option now. 
Listen. We both lived through one war. Let's not start another. Too many people have died already. We can resolve this without more bloodshed. Please, do this for your people. Alright, so she releases Governor Groton, and here, again, we will get official confirmation that he is nothing but the sniveling, petty bureaucrat we always suspected him to be. Nicely handled. Now execute her. Sir, I promised a peaceful... You did, I didn't. Now execute her. So much for peace. Give you an order. Follow it, or face the consequences for dis. Yeah, we all know it was Crosshair who fired that bolt. I hear that score hit. Put a body in the square. Let it be a warning to the rest of them. That's that score is just killing me. It's so good. It's so intense, and it's 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 a very. I don't want to say anti Star Wars kind of thing because it's 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 not. But it's just it's just so vastly different from the the John Williams sort of inspired scores we've gotten in the past. Kevin Kiner does this on occasion where he really kind of gets into the feel of the episode, and and this one, like I said, it, it, it to my ear it feels like he's kind of sort of channeling a bit of like that Blade Runner future noir vibe um let me know if you think if you, if you got another uh idea on that if you think it here it's your ear a little bit different and reminds you of something else let me know what you're what you're thinking of on that but that's sort of like the end of the conflict here but it's no by no means uh the end of what will happen for for cody for for uh, uh for crosshair like things are about to change in very profound ways for both of them i think after this incident so after that, we see the Imperial occupation begin on Desix. More of the new conscripted troopers are arriving. Um, Crosshair, Cody leaving, exchanging glances at each other. And Cody is definitely deeply affected by what's just happened, what he's witnessed, what he's seen Crosshair do. Um, and for Cody, again, who I think by this point in the episode is now the solitary clone of the, of the, of the title, uh, he feels the disconnect. He feels isolated from the Empire now. He this isn't what he was 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 trained for the for for doing right. Like he, he the M the the Republic was this more grandiose idea. The Empire seems to be going back and and just again. I think he sees the tyranny. He sees the hypocrisy. How the script has flipped, and the Republic is not the same as the Empire. They are two very very vastly different things. Uh, now we get back to Coruscant. Cody and Crosshair heading back to the barracks, but they're going to stop at the War Memorial and have a little chat here. And again, I think this is a pretty interesting listening, so let's check this out. Tell me something, Crosshair. This new empire. Are we making the galaxy better? We're soldiers. We do what needs to be done. 
You know what makes us different from battle droids? We make our own decisions, our own choices. And we have to live with them too. So I think at that moment we know Cody's decision. We know what Cody's going to do as well. But it's, for for Crosshair, it's food for thought uh, because again, spoilers for the end of the episode. We're going to find out in a moment that Cody will be the next of the deserters to leave. Uh, the last of the I'm sorry, the next of the clone troopers to desert to uh, go AWOL. And uh, Crosshair is starting to find himself more and more isolated from not just from the other troopers because he's different he's a clone but he's also becoming the only clone the last of the clones as they are getting phased out going AWOL and he was already an outcast do you think the conscripts are going to like him any more than, than the other clones uh, it, he's finding himself in a very very precarious situation and he's going to have to start weighing all these all these things that he's hearing right like Cody telling him things Hunter telling him things at the, at the end of season at the end of season one they're all going to have an effect. They're all going to come through at some point. And, and uh, Crosshair is going to make, make a decision, probably sooner rather than later, on where he stands. You know, he's made this decision thus far, but he's had his own personal reasons for doing so. But now we're pulling back and we're going out from his personal reasons to look at the galaxy at large. And he has to weigh what his decision actually means as far as the ramifications go across the galaxy, across this new empire. And, and where he fits into it, if he fits into it at all. And uh, I, th I think that's going to be one of the driving motivation, driving plot lines for him here in Season 2. So now we'll do the end of the episode here as a new day starts, and we start it much like we began it with. Crosshair waking up in his bunk, moving about his day, going to the, the, the cafeteria to get his, his meal, uh, and, and summoned to Vice Admiral Rampart's office once again. And here's where we get the news. After your success on Desix, I'm entrusting you with another mission. Report to CC-1226. Why not Commander Cody? Cody? CC-2224. <laughs> ah, yes. It appears he has gone AWOL. Clone loyalty does not seem to be as advertised anymore. Funny, isn't it? How these clones around you keep disappearing. Problem? No, sir. Hmm. Then you're dismissed. not Blade Runner. I don't know what is. <laughs> Crosshair is the new Rick Deckard, I guess. That's that's what we're going for here, I suppose. But uh, to say that, 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 that Crosshair is not put in a position where he ha now has to... Um, what is the best way to put this? Like, he's not analyzing, but it's, he, he's, he's going to be struggling 
with his role moving forward here as as more of the OG clone troopers, uh, again, phased out, going AWOL, deserting the Empire, seeing it for what it is. And Cody, uh, Crosshair's going to have to decide, is, is he being just willfully stubborn <laughs> by, by not recognizing what's happening around him? Is he going to be, be so against Hunter and his, his brothers in, in the Bad Batch uh, that, he, that he just keeps these blinders on and keeps going about missions and being a good soldier in, in the way that he defines it? Or will he realize that he could be doing more good elsewhere in the galaxy? And I guess that's where, where like I said, that's going to be Crosshair's journey for the season. I'm really, really excited to see it. I absolutely loved this episode of the show. This was nine buckets. Nine big, bad buckets. There's a lot of food for thought here as far as the clones evaluating this new empire versus the old republic that they used to serve. And again, we're, we're examining the fallout of being a separatist planet, right? Being part of the separatist alliance. The, 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 the fallout for that in the, the new empire. And again, the action in this episode is excellent. Crosshair blows up a tank. Crosshair killing commando droids by blasting off of mirror discs. Then he's the guy who follows Groton's order, despite uh, Cody just suing for peace successfully and and killing uh, 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 killing Tony Ames. Uh, it, it's 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 a really really excellent episode of the show. It might be one of my favorites uh, thus far of the entire run of the show. Uh, really really excellent excellent stuff. Uh, and I hope you all enjoyed this one as much as I did. It is quality Star Wars entertainment in my humble opinion. All right, so I think with that being said, we're going to get out of here for the day. We're going to wrap this puppy up. My name is Tom, and this is the Main Division Podcast, and I thank you so much for being here and listening to the show. Uh, it really, really means a lot to me that you take the time to support small, independent Star Wars podcasts like this one. So reach out to me, hit me up, let me know what's going on, what you think of this episode. I'm at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Please email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Give me your... Uh, just your your long form deep thoughts on on the bad batch on star wars anything in general is fine by me that's what you want the email for big long-term things no character limits all right make sure you're liking subscribing following and sharing the show with all the mandalorians in your covert and if you have the time and the inclination please sweet 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 five star reviews on apple Podcasts and and whatever other formats allow reviews and 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 all those ratings and stuff like that please help us out we truly truly appreciate it uh those help uh, those help the small shows like us stand out not get lost in the galactic shuffle from you know that transition from republic to empire that's how podcasts get lost so we need your help five star reviews thank you so so much all right um, I think that is it, my friends. We will be back. Buckethead Nation, you are the best. You are strong and unyielding, and I appreciate every single one of you in it. Thank you so much for being here. We'll be back next week to review Episode 4 of Season 2 of Star Wars The Bad Batch. And you know what that means. It's time to end the podcast. And this podcast, it only ends one way, my friends. This is the way.